Well, hey everybody, welcome to week number three of a five-part series, at least I think it's going to be a five-part series called Wind and Fire. So excited uh, that you're along for the ride uh, today. This series is all about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's move in your life, and uh, kind of a, a really a case study of the Holy Spirit's move in a church and in an individual's life as we sort of walk through the book of Acts together. We've been talking about the last couple of weeks, His presence in your life, the promise of the Holy Spirit in your life, and His involvement in the early church. And really, we've said it this way, that whatever it is they had, I want. Amen, everybody? And, and if they had it, you can have it. And uh, we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. Matter of fact, if you haven't caught a message yet in this series, you can catch up on YouTube uh, now. I'd encourage you to do that. Go back and catch those messages so you know kind of where we are in this series. We've talked about the Holy Spirit as wind. And, and we said that's probably the best translation is the word spirit or the word ghost. When you see that Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost in your Bible, the best translation is really the, is wind. It's the breath of God. We've talked about the Holy Spirit as wind in your life. It comes Sometimes it comes in your life as a gentle breeze. You know what I mean? Where you're sitting on the beach. Come on, everybody. On the dock of the bay. I feel like singing. And it, and it just, a breeze comes over you and man, just refreshing you. And then there's other times the Bible said the Holy Spirit's like a mighty rushing wind. You know what I'm saying? Where you just know it. And I kind of want to go there on week three of this series. I'm going to go the other side of this series. We call it wind and fire. I want to talk about the fire of God in your life. I really want to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit available to you. The power of the Holy Spirit available to our church in the Old Testament we see the power of the Holy Spirit working in a lot of different ways. The Bible says it this way, that one time the Holy Spirit gave Joseph the ability, the skill to rule over Egypt, that he literally had power from God in his mind. I need that. My wife thinks I need that more than I do. You know what I mean? Like that he actually got skill from the Holy Spirit. Uh, one time the Bible said the Spirit gave Joshua a military power. It literally was physical military power. But it came from the Spirit of God. Uh, um, you'll find in the Old Testament that a prophet would begin to prophesy. And the Bible says the Spirit of God came on him or was in him to speak prophetically over God's people. Judges talks about one time, uh, probably one of my favorite Old Testament characters is the character of Samson. The Bible says in Judges 14 and 6, the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, came on Samson in power. So that he tore, this is you're in your Bible, so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands. See why I like that? <laughs> like a, and, and, and then it continues on. This has to be some Old Testament like humor that I don't quite understand. It says, the spirit of the Lord came on Samson in power so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat. <laughs> Apparently that was a thing. That like, it wasn't that big of a deal to tear apart a young goat with your bare hands, but it was a lion. Let me look at me right now. It's a big deal to tear apart a young goat, okay? I'm going to need the Spirit of God to do that for me, tear apart a goat with my bare hands. Uh, but, but we see that in the Old Testament. We see the Holy Spirit moving in power for different functions, for skill, for wisdom, for military might, and, and literally for physical strength. The Bible said it came on Samson. And in the New Testament, we see the power of the Holy Spirit everywhere. In fact... The beginning of the New Testament, the beginning of the story of Jesus, the Bible says Mary, the mother of Jesus, was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. That's how she conceived Jesus. Is, is she is overshadowed by. And Mary would ask this question. I love this. She says, she asked, she tells the angel, she asked the angel, how will this be? You ever ask God that? 
That sounds good, God, but how will this be in my life? And Mary asked the, the angel, that sounds good. I'm going to conceive and I'm, I'm going I'm to give birth to the Savior of the world. How's this going to be? And the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Jesus was conceived through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's in the very beginning. It's always been a powerful spirit. And Jesus gives his life for you and I on the cross. The Bible says that the Son of God was raised from the dead again by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he became at the right hand of the Father, uh, now exalted as Christ and Lord. He, he is conceived in power. He is resurrected in power. And then when he ascends back to the Father, he promises that same power to you and to me. That's the Holy Spirit. He said, I got to go to my Father. Matter of fact, the disciples one time, they're talking about it. And one of the disciples says, I don't want you to go. This doesn't seem right. I don't want this. He said, you, you understand, I have to go so that my Father can send the Holy Spirit in my name. I've been God with you, but I want to be inside of you. Leading you, guiding you, instructing you, giving you wisdom on the inside. The Holy Spirit is, it's not only the breath of God in your life, but it's the power of God in your life. And that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you today. Type the word amen if you believe that. It's available to you. It's a powerful Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is power to those that believe the Bible says, and, and, and the truth is, you know this to be true. There's some things you can do in your own power, and you do them. There's some things you can fix, some things you have the strength enough to do, and there's some things you need God's power to do. Amen, everybody? Like passing by Krispy Kreme when the hot light's on. Like, I need God's power. Like, some things I'm strong enough for, some things brother needs the Holy Ghost, okay? I need, I need the power of God in my life. I know that sounds funny, but there really are some things. I like to do it like this. Here's the analogy I like to use. You can dig a ditch with a shovel, but it's a whole lot easier to dig a ditch with a backhoe. Are you with me, everybody? You can do the same thing in your power. It just takes a whole lot longer and it's a whole lot harder and it may not quite be the same experience. But if I use the power that's available to me, it's amazing how much further, faster, with less effort on my own that I could accomplish the same thing. Are you with me, everybody? That's the Holy Spirit's move in your life. And Christians all around the world today, maybe your church this weekend, they put on their little work gloves and they take out their little shovels and they say, I'm going to live this Christian life. I got this. I can do this all by myself. And in their own strength, they strive and they fight and they, and they dig and they dig. And decades later, their back is broken trying to do what all along the Holy Spirit, the helper, the comforter, the wisdom, the truth of God could empower you to do the same thing faster, further, with less of your own effort. Are you with me, everybody? It's power that's available to you. The Bible says it this way in Romans 8 and 11. That the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. Just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He'll give you life. Give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living inside of you. You can be filled with the powerful Spirit of God. And you can have the ability. Listen close. And this is really the operative phrase I want you to hear this week in church. Is you can live a supernatural life in a natural world. You can live a powerful overcoming life in a world that seems to be going under. You can have stability when there's instability all around. I like to say it this way. You, you don't have to be shaken just because everything is shaking. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit that's available 
to you. You don't have to put on your gloves and think how we're going to make it through this season. Pastor, this is the toughest season I've ever lived through. Pastor, when, when, when the phone rang and the doctor said it was cancer, it's the hardest season I've ever lived through. How do I make it through that? How do we make it through the loss of a child? How do you make it through when the business that you mortgaged everything on folds in a pandemic? What do you do and how do you make it through? Well, you could put your gloves on, pick your shovel up and try to dig your way out. Or you could turn to the helper that God's promised to give you. That's power you don't have. Shout amen to that. It's power you don't have that's available to you. Acts 1. We Remember, we were looking in the book of Acts for the move of the Holy Spirit in our life. Acts 1 and 4. Jesus says, don't leave Jerusalem. You've heard me say this before. But wait for the gift that my Father has promised you. Let me stop here and say, it's a promise to you. You don't have to beg for it. You don't have to think, well, I, you don't have to wonder if it's for you. It's promised for you. The Bible says in another, uh, another part of the New Testament, it says that what kind of father, when his son asked for bread, would give him a stone? or uh, what, what kind? No, he said that every good thing we get comes from God. Listen, I would, if my children ask me for something and I promise them, I have a little five-year-old, almost six-year-old little boy. Uh, he's my youngest child. If he would have been my first child, we would have had one child. And he remembers every promise that I make. And sometimes as a bad father, I'll make promises just to make him go away. You with me on this? <laughs> Daddy, you promise you'll... Yeah, baby. I'll, I'll, brother, don't forget a promise, okay? And there's sometimes I think he makes it up. Sometimes I don't think, and he knows Daddy's losing his mind. And so sometimes he'll just tell me, but you promise. <laughs> there's just something about a promise that I'm going to keep to my child. Listen, you don't have to wonder, well, I don't know if God really has that for me. Well, did he promise it to you? Is it the promise of the Father for you? Then it's for you. Then God wants you to have it. Don't leave Jerusalem, Jesus said. But wait for the gift that my father's promised, which you heard me speak about. For John, the Baptist, baptized with water. But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, what does it mean to be baptized with the Holy Spirit? I'm not going to preach all about that this weekend. But I want to kind of give you a taste of what he meant when he said baptized with the Holy Spirit. The word baptized comes from the Greek word baptizo, really deep. Greek there, and it literally means to immerse, to completely cover. So when we baptized you in water, we completely dunked you. That's why we do that. That's why we immerse completely in water. It's what the word literally means to do. Some of y'all that were really bad, we held you under till the bubbles come up. You know what I'm saying? Like we want to see everything bubble to the top and just make sure we got you good. It literally means to fully immerse, and that and that's what Jesus said. I don't just want you to have. And experience a dash of, a sprinkle of the Holy Spirit on some time you went to some concert and you go, man, my hair's standing up on my arms. What could that be? No, no, no. I want you to be immersed, dunked in, covered by, overwhelmed by, baptized in the Holy Spirit. The powerful move of the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus goes on to say in verse 8 of Acts 1, that you will receive, everybody say power. Type power in your chat. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, there's signs that follow that. And there's power that's available to you. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. There's power. And then he goes on to say, and you'll be my witnesses. Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Matter of fact, we've sort of built our outreach strategy on this verse from God's word that, that you were given the promise of the power of the Holy Spirit so that you could do something with the Holy Spirit. 
Let me, let, me, let me stop here and remind you. You don't receive the Holy Spirit's power so you feel good. You receive the Holy Spirit's power so you'll do good. You, let me say it better this way. You were given power for a reason. And it's not just to consume. It's not just to feel goosebumps everywhere. It's not even to exercise spiritual gifts like tongues or prophesying or healing or working of miracles. That's not what the Holy Spirit was given to you. Jesus said, I'm, when I go to the Father... You're going to receive the promise. It's, you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And power is going to come on you so that you'll do something with it. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you'll receive power. That Greek word is dunamis, where we get the word dynamite from. Power is dunamis in Greek. It's, it's dynamite. It's literally a miraculous, forceful, explosive power of God. Jesus literally says, when, when this Holy Spirit comes to baptize you, it's not going to just be a little dousing of, I don't know if that was really him or not. I don't know if that, maybe that was me. No, no, no. It's going to be an explosive power of God for purpose in your life. And that same spirit that Jesus said was available to them is available to you today. So why in the world do Christians put their little gloves on and pick up their own little shovel and try to live Christianity Without the power that God said is available to you. How would you, let me say it this way. How would you live your purpose fully without the power of God in your life? And I would, I would say, I don't know that it's totally possible to give your whole life to God, to live your whole Christianity. At some point, you're going to get exhausted enough to throw the shovel down. And a lot of people live this way. You know, they try in their own effort. They do it in their own. They, the Bible calls it striving for. You're, you're just you know, constantly work. It's the spirit of religion. If I do enough, pray enough, show up enough, give enough, you know, to serve enough. If I do all the right, if I dress a certain way, I don't do a certain thing, I do the certain things, give me the list of rules, give me the list of don'ts. If I get it all right, then I can do this. And you end up realizing it was never about any of that anyway. I still don't have any power. God says, what if I gave you power to, you can still dig the same ditch. You just got a backhoe to do it. You just got something stronger than you are to do what God's called you to do. And this week I want to give you four distinct qualities that the power of the Holy Spirit wants to give every believer, including you. Say, say me. Say me. He wants to give it to you. Type me. It's for me. It's for me. He wants to give it to me. The power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You say, you don't understand how bad my situation is. You don't understand how powerful God's Spirit is. You don't understand how far I've gone. You don't know how big God is. Jesus said, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not just going to give you a little taste. I'm going to baptize you fully. And I'm going to do it with dunamis, with dynamite power. Explosive power to blow up some of the generational curses in your life. Matter of fact, I don't believe any believer with the Holy Spirit in their life. You're, you're not under any more generational curses. When you're born again, you got a new lineage, everybody. You understand that? You can break that stuff off of your life. Because the power of God is working. You don't understand the marriage I've been in. You don't understand how deep I've gotten into pornography. You don't know how far I've gone. You don't know how long this bitterness and hatred has been in my heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know how powerful one encounter with God really can be. I want to give you four things that the Holy Spirit wants to give you as a believer. Write these in your notes. If you're not a note taker, write them in your notes anyway. <laughs> write this down. The Holy Spirit gives you the power to accomplish the task He's given you. 
It gives you the power to accomplish the task that he's given you. Now, if you, if you hung around City Hills very long at all, you know that we are a purpose-driven church. In other words, I believe you were created on purpose and with a purpose. I like to say it this way, the two greatest days of your life, the day you're born, the day you're put on the earth, and the day you figure out why you were put on the earth, and you get busy doing the thing God's purposed for you to do with your life. But listen, the Holy Spirit of God gives you the power to accomplish that thing that He's given you to do. He wants to give you power to do the thing. He said, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you'll receive power so that you'll be my witnesses. 1 Corinthians 2 and 4 says, My message, I told you this like we not with preaching of wise or persuasive words, but it came with a demonstration of the power of the Spirit. In other words, Paul said, I'm called to be an apostle and a church planter and a missionary, but I could not do what I'm supposed to do if I, if I rested on my own ability, my own speaking ability or writing ability. If you're waiting on me, Paul said, this, this is not going to be good for you. I need the power of God to accomplish everything I'm supposed to accomplish. He said, I'm not the most eloquent speaker around. And, 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 and Paul said, hey, when you saw me show up in your town, I know you thought it was something I was going to bring magic in my suitcase. It wasn't that. It was the power of God accomplishing the task God gave me to do. It's funny. Sometimes at church people say, Pastor, did you, how did you know that? Or why did you say? There's some, I've, I've gotten in trouble sometimes because there are spouses who get angry at their other spouse because they think one of them told me the thing that they were going through. And I have no idea. I'm like, man, I ain't. He didn't tell me nothing about you or she didn't say nothing about you. It's the power of God that, that gives me the ability to accomplish the task I have to preach the gospel to you. It's the power of God to, to do what I'm supposed to do. In fact, when I was a young preacher, scared to death, started preaching. When I was 14, uh, I felt like God called me to preach. I started preaching 16, 17, 18 uh, years old. And I remember I was, I say I was preaching, I was trying to preach. Let me say that way. <laughs> I remember, thank God we didn't have social media then. My ministry would be over. And, and um, I remember afterwards I preached uh, this little youth deal and this older lady that had come that night. She comes up to me and she says, young man, that sermon wasn't half bad. That message wasn't half bad. And I, and I said, you know, thank you. And I tried to play the humble preacher thing that we're supposed to do, you know. And I just said, ma'am, you know, it was just the Holy Spirit. And she said, no, no, no. <laughs> if it was the Holy Spirit, it would have been really good. I, I said that wasn't half bad. That's true story. She said, I, like, I, it wasn't. I'm not saying, the, don't, don't blame the Holy Spirit on what that was. <laughs> like, that was all right. But if it was the Holy Spirit, it would be better. It gives you the power to do what God's called you to do. If you've ever felt uncomfortable, unqualified, not good enough, not, not, not really, you don't have the tools to do what you're called to do. Could it be because you don't have the tools to do what you're called to do? You need the power of the Holy Spirit of God. That's why you have it. The power of the promise is for purpose. Say amen to that. The power of the promise of the Holy Spirit is for the purpose God, to do the thing God called you to do. And you will not accomplish everything God has for your life. You don't have the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Empowering you, enabling you, equipping you to accomplish everything he's called you to do. Number two, write this in your notes. He'll give you power to accomplish everything you're supposed to do, the task that he's given you. Number two, he'll give you power when you are weak. He'll give you power when you are weak. And this is going to really speak to some of you because I think right now sort of in, in our world, and maybe you're feeling this at church uh, today, 
that there's some, I'm just, there's some spiritual atrophy in this pandemic. You know, one of the things isolation does, I heard a study the other day about how isolation has increased uh, uh, the rate of suicide and depression. People already feeling powerless or weak now feel trapped and powerless. Can you imagine that feeling? Maybe you know what that feels like, that I'm, I'm weak and maybe this is going to talk to you. The Bible says it like this in Romans 8.26. It says, in the same way, the Holy Spirit helps us in our Weakness. He, get, he has power for you when you don't have power for you. Say amen to that. Amen. The Holy Spirit has power to you when you're too weak to do what you have to. When you don't have strength. When you don't have faith. When you don't know how to do. How, how does he help us? Let me give you. There's a lot of ways. There's too many ways to count. One of the ways the Bible says the Holy Spirit will pray for you. The Bible says the Holy Spirit literally makes intercession on our behalf to the Father. Read it like this. It says, sometimes we don't know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with words we can't express. That's praying in the Spirit, Paul would say in another time. You, you want to ask about praying in a prayer language. You know what that is? That's a direct communication God gives you in your weakness to the Father. There's some stuff I don't even... You ever, you ever been so heavy and burdened and down and confused and worried and stressed out and anxious you don't even know what to pray? Just me? <laughs> I just, where I just literally knelt down. Literally, this is true. My eyes wide open. I don't even know what to say. There's just so... I'm afraid if I start saying something, probably not going to be good, <laughs> you know? And the Bible says the Holy Spirit can make intercession for you. Words you can't even utter. You don't even know what to do. I don't even know. It, it hurts so bad. It's so heavy. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. It helps you when you're weak. He'll pray for you. It, it, it strengthens you. Here's the deal. You may have your gloves on. You may be doing everything you can with your shovel. But your weakness, your weakness is when God's strength is made perfect, the Bible says. When you get to the end of your strength, the Holy Spirit is strong where you can't be strong. When you can't lift it yourself, the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a picture of this. Jesus is walking up Golgotha. He is carrying the cross. And the Bible says, Simon of Cyrene, the physical toll on the body of Jesus is such that he physically can't carry the cross. And in a type of the Holy Spirit, Simon picks up the cross of Jesus and carries it the rest of the way. It's literally a burden bearer when you're weak. It's power. It's power. You, you, may, you may be a parent and you say, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I've never been here before. My 16-year-old, my 18-year-old, my, my little girl. How did we get this far? What's going on in their life? They're too much. The Holy Spirit can give you wisdom when you're weak. You may be at work and you've got a presentation and there's the pressures, the financial pressures, the, is this business gonna work? I'm the worst in front of people. I panic, I freeze, I don't know how to do this. And the Holy Spirit gives you strength. You may have sin in your life, listen close. And you think, I cannot overcome this. I've gone too far, I've done too much, I've had this too long, I've messed with this too long. I've tried to give it up, I've tried to walk away from it, I can't do it. You're right, you can't. And the Holy Spirit gives you power when you're weak. Here's what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. My grace is sufficient for you. Paul's complaining to God 
about all of his problems, the thorn, the Bible says, in his flesh, the thing he carried around he couldn't get rid of on his own. God says, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power, underline this in your Bible, is made perfect in weakness. God's power is made perfect in your weakness. Let me say it, let me say it a different way. You'll never know the power of God until you need the power of God. If you weren't ever weak, sick, broke, messed up, struggling, in sin, addicted, if you, you would never know God in the dimension of healer, provider, restorer, redeemer. Are you with me, everybody? It's made perfect. And then Paul said, therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest in me. And then he says this line we all quote, for where I'm weak, then I'm strong. But in order for you to say you're strong when you're weak, you need the power of God resting. It's the Holy Spirit of God. It gives you power when you're weak. Say amen to that. Let me give you the third thing. The Holy Spirit gives you power in your life. He gives you power to do the thing He's called you to do, the task He has for you. He gives you power in your weakness. Number three, He gives you power. The Holy Spirit will give you power to have hope in a hopeless world. Now, honestly, I think this is kind of for all of us right now in the situation that we're in. I told you last week, I'm going to keep telling you the reason I think God put this message series in my heart earlier on in the year before we ever knew where we would be as a country, as a city, as a community, as a church together. It's because the Holy Spirit gives you hope when everything else seems hopeless, when everybody else seems hopeless. Romans 15 and 13. Listen to this. Let the Holy Spirit speak directly to you today, wherever you are, however you're watching church today. Romans 15 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Man, I could use a lot of that. Maybe you, I know our world could use a lot of joy and peace. He said, I want to fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him. So that you may overflow with hope. How? How in the world? That sounds like a unicorn. I want that. Like joy and peace and overflow and hope. I'm glad you asked. The rest of the verse says, by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how. That's how you can have joy in a joyless world. When you turn the news on and it's all bad news and you got that silly grin on your face and your wife looks at you and says, what in the world are you smiling at? Everything's going to hell in a handbasket. Do we say that anymore? I don't know if that's right to say. All the religious people write me if that was wrong. I'm sorry, but everything's just going crazy and the world's upside down and I don't know what we're going to do and how's this going to make it. And you just walk through life, not happy, but joy. (laughs) How do you have joy? I'm not happy about the destruction of all this, but I can have joy when everything else is falling apart. How? The power of the Holy Spirit. How do you have peace? Somebody asked me, Pastor, how do you sleep at night? Well, melatonin and (laughs) the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, gives you peace when nothing else is peaceful in the world. Gives you some stable ground when nothing else is stable. Gives you hope in a hopeless world. So many people today have limited hope. Limited hope. Well, I think it'll work out if. This is going to hurt some of you. If my guy gets elected, it's going to work out. If my part, if it just goes, the only hope we have is my party. If we can just do this one thing, I think, I think we'll turn this thing around. And it's pretty limited hope if you're trusting in one guy, one system, one government, one party. Are you with me? That's why my hope isn't in this world. My hope's in God. Because when I put my hope in God, the Spirit of the Lord says there's power for 
overflowing hope in me. I put my hope not in just what's limited that I can understand. I don't put my hope in the economy. Well, you know, I'm going to park my money here. What's your retirement plan? Well, you know, things keep going the way they are. Hope this is going to work out. No, no, no. I'm not saying not make good decisions. I'm not saying not get involved in political process. I'm not saying not vote. I'm not saying don't invest. I'm just saying my hope's not in this. My hope's in God. My, I put, instead of limited hope, I can have unlimited hope because my hope is in an unlimited God. Say amen to that. If you're hurting today, if you're afraid today, your hope can be in God. Let Him overflow in your life. You say, well, man, I lost my job. Keep putting your hope in God. You say, I have a loved one who's sick. Maybe they're sick with this particular virus that's, that's, that's sort of wreaked havoc in our world or something else, something that seems just impossible. Listen, and it may be impossible with man, but it's, it, it, everything is possible with God. Put your hope in God. He's your healer. If you're worried about tomorrow, put your hope in God. He's your comforter. If you lose someone you love, put your hope in God. He is the promise of the resurrection and eternity in heaven. If you're hurting today, if you're lost today, if you're wondering today, if you're fearful today, put your hope in God. The power of God gives you hope in a hopeless world. Say amen to that. I hope that verse becomes real to you today, that God of hopes fills you with all joy and peace by the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's the fourth thing, the final thing. I want to show you today, it's unquestionably the most important thing, the Holy Spirit, the power the Holy Spirit has available for you. And if you're taking notes, that's this. The Holy Spirit will give you the power to experience the fullness of God. So He gives you power to do what He's called you to do. He gives you power when you're weak. He gives you power in a hopeless situation, in a hopeless world. And the power of God, listen, He gives you power to experience the fullness of God. Some of you may be saying, I don't even know what that fully means. Let <laughs> me explain it to you. I don't know if you noticed in our churches and Christianity, kind of in the world today, that most people take the path of least resistance. I call it the lowest common denominator. Just tell me the bare minimum I got to do. Tell me what the, like just, what's the lowest entry price I can get into this thing, and I'll, I'll, I'll do that. You know what I'm trying to say? Give me the one with the windows with the crank down. You know what I'm saying? Like I, show me what that one costs. I just want the lowest common denominator. I believe in God. I prayed the Jesus prayer. I did the, uh, yeah, okay, well, I, I, I checked the box. Maybe you got baptized, or maybe you come to church every once in a while, a couple times a month. Maybe you dip into an online service every once in a while. I think I'm a good person. I just, tell me the least thing I got to do to live and go to heaven. Just tell me that. And honestly, that's kind of infected Christianity. Just give me the lowest common denominator. I don't want the lowest common denominator. I want the fullness that God has for my life. I want everything God has for me. And the Holy Spirit gives you power to know and experience the fullness of God. When you look at the life of some Christians... Honestly, it doesn't look any different than the rest of the world. Still hurt, still sick, still struggling, still failing marriage, no real faith, no real victory. Let me tell you why. If you got no power, then you got no power. You're living in this powerless, I just, uh, this is the same, just the lowest common. I prayed the prayer, did the little thing. And the Bible says there's more for you than that. You're going to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. It's the power of God. To experience the fullness of God. 
maybe you've, maybe you've wondered, is there more to Christianity? Like, is there more? Surely there's more than just checking this box and saying this prayer. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole lot more. There's got to be more than just not doing bad stuff and doing good stuff. Yep, there's a whole lot more. Surely there has to be more than just going to church and going home and that's it. Yeah, there's a whole lot more. If you want to experience the fullness of God, you're going to have to experience it in the power of the Holy Spirit. It gives you the ability to experience what the Bible calls the fruit of the Spirit. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. You can be led by the Spirit, wise in the Spirit, powerful in the Spirit, strong in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. How do I have all of that? Well, that's the fullness of God. That's more than just a prayer. Are you with me, everybody? That's more than lowest common denominator. That's more than just entry level. You can be rooted and established, the Bible said, in the secure love of Jesus Christ. And you can live a supernatural life in a very natural world. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the fullness of God in your life. And I want you and I want us and I want this church to experience the fullness of God. And maybe there as, as you're here for church today, maybe you feel like, man, I've met the Lord, but I don't know that, I've, that I have the fullness of an experience and encounter with God. I understand God is a father. He loves me. He cares for me. And he does. I understand that Jesus is the Son of God, that He died for me and He rose again, and He did. And I can accept that, but, but there's more. There's, there's more. The person of the Holy Spirit wants to move in your life and, and, and touch you right where you are and give you strength and power when you seem weak and give you hope in a hopeless world and help you accomplish the thing God called you to do. There's, there's more for you. There's power available for you to experience the fullness of God. You can never do it in your own strength. There is another power available to you. So, why don't we just take the gloves of religion off and put the shovel of religion down and ask God, the Holy Spirit, to empower us, to give me strength that I don't currently have. To empower me to do what you called me to do. God, I've tried to do it on my own. Failed miserably. God, I tried to do the best I knew how and just couldn't figure this out. God, everything seems hopeless right now, honestly, and I need a little hope. God, everything seems to be falling apart. I don't know what to do in this. I could use joy and peace. God, I really want to know the fullness of God. I don't just want the lowest common denominator. I don't want to buy the entry level model. I want everything you've got. If that's you right where you are at church today, I want you to bow your heads. I want you to pray a sincere prayer from your heart that sounds something like this. Jesus, I believe you died for me. I thank you that God raised you from the dead. I believe that. But I want that same power that raised you from the dead in me. Living in me. Strengthening me. Encouraging me. Filling me to overflowing with hope and peace and joy. God, I've tried to accomplish the task of my life, the purpose of my life in my own strength. And honestly, that's not working out. God, I want to experience everything that you have for me in this hopeless world. I want to have hope. I, I, want, it, I want it to be full of hope. I, I want to be full of joy. I, I, want to, I want to have power when I feel weak. God, I just can't seem to overcome this. I'm just, I'm, I feel more overcome by the world than overcoming the world. So I'm asking you, Come on, pray this way sincerely for the power of the Holy Spirit to move in my life. 
You can have that encounter with God right where you are at church this weekend. It's really just a, it's a promise. You don't have to beg for it. You, you don't have to do anything extra. You don't have to sign a certain card. You don't even have to get up. You can sit right on your couch, right around the kitchen table. Just takes you opening your heart. Just takes you making yourself available to God. Praying, God, I want an encounter with the Holy Spirit. God, I pray for people today at church that wherever they are at church right now, they would feel the power, the explosive, dunamis, dynamite power of the Holy Spirit. It would, it would reach them where they are in the depths of their sickness, in the depths of their sin, in the depths of their hopelessness and despair and fear and anxiety. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, the only hope we've ever had is the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray for it. Come on, pray for that kind of encounter. God, we need power in our family. We need power in our marriage. I need power to be the husband I'm supposed to be, the wife that you've called me to be. We need power to be the parents that you've called us to be. God, I can't do what you've called me to do in my job without the power of the Holy Spirit. God, I can't accomplish everything. God, I, I can't. the weakness, the areas that I keep struggling with, I can't get over them and find real victory without power. I pray for power. I pray for power. Come on, ask God. Fill me to overflowing. Baptize me in power. Power of the Holy Spirit. When it comes on you, you will receive power. Now, if you've never surrendered your whole life to Jesus Christ, it's the first step in a lot of relationship in front. I like to say it this way. You know, you don't build a lifetime on a wedding day. It's just the start. Some of you need a wedding day so you can start building a relationship with God. you got to start somewhere. You can start today. I never want to close a weekend without giving you the opportunity to give your life to Jesus completely. To say, God, I want to start that relationship. I need the power of God working in me. I feel Him drawing me to Jesus. The Bible says it like this, that nobody can come to the Father except the Spirit draw them. Some of you today feel like the Holy Spirit's drawing your heart. Maybe home for the first time. Maybe back home for the first time in a long time. If that's you, with boldness in your heart, bow your head and from all the sincerity of your soul, pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, raised you from the dead. And I want that same power in me. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of everything I've done. Take all of my sins. I trade them for joy, and peace, hope, salvation, eternity in heaven with you. I give you all of my life. In Jesus' name, everybody shout amen. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer, we believe God saved you right there. The Bible says it this way. You've been translated from one kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. The lights got turned on in your soul, in your life. I believe God forgave you of all your sins the moment that you ask. The Bible says He's faithful to forgive you of all your sins. But there's more to Christianity than just that first simple prayer. That's the beginning that's where you open the door to your heart. That's where God saves you, puts you in the kingdom of Jesus, His dear Son, the Bible says. But there's more for you, and it would be our honor as a church to walk alongside you in your new journey of faith. So if you prayed that prayer today for the first time, or maybe you came home today, prayed that prayer for the first time in a very long time, on your connection card you'll find in this video, 
There's a box that said I made a fresh start with God. There's also a box that says I recommitted my life to Christ. Whichever one of those describes the experience you just had with God, would you let me know? Would you give us the honor as a church? And I really do mean that. You say, well, I don't even live in San Antonio. I don't live around that area. It's okay. I want the honor of sending you a resource to walk with you in your new life. Well, I just want to send you one letter. It comes from me. I want to send you a book called A Fresh Start with God. I'll give you some next steps about getting in a good spirit-filled church and getting in a small group of people where you can settle your yesterdays, really find freedom from all of your hurts. I want to tell you how you can discover the purpose God has in your life. And then I want to group you with a bunch of other Christians who are using their life to make a massive difference in the world. It'd be my honor to walk alongside you that way. Hey, for those of you who call this place home or you've been blessed by the ministry of City Hills, let me say thank you for your faithfulness and generosity. You know, everything that we do as a church family, bringing this ministry to you, all of that is made possible because of your generosity, your tithing, and your faithfulness. Thank you, especially in this season that we've been physically distanced. Thank you for staying spiritually close and really enabling. And I like to say it this way. You don't give to a church. You give through a church. Everything that you give through City Hills really goes right back to you and your family and ministry. I hope that you feel that and experience it. And it goes to our city. It goes to really around the world. All of that we do because of your faithfulness and generosity in tithing and offering. Thank you for that. Hey, thanks for being at church this weekend. I can't wait to see you next weekend. I hope your week is fantastic. God bless you.